0: Tonight's reading is from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Beautifully read, Nat. Good evening, everyone. Lovely to see you all, it's great to be here. I hope you had a good Father's Day. Have you had a good Father's Day, fathers? I got some cards and I got a DVD, a Two Ronnies DVD, would you believe, so there you go. Um, now, I've got to publish some bands which I feel excited about. Are Oliver and Francesca here? They're not here, so I'm gonna read these out. So, uh, I published the Bands of Marriage between Oliver John Messenger and Francesca May Webster of Christchurch, Guildford, and St. Nicholas Cranley, this is the first time of asking, if any of you know any reason in law why these persons may not marry each other, you are to declare it now. Well, Oliver Francesca, that's the first week done. So it's great, isn't it great when people sort of get together and are gonna get married. It's just so exciting, so that's always good to do that. Now, what we're doing tonight is we're continuing this series, Back to the Future. I've been setting out some some cornerstones, if you like, uh, building blocks for the church, and basically, what I want to do tonight is look at another of those. Can you remember what our four values are? Up, in, out, deep. So up is passionate worship, in is authentic community, out is courageous mission, and deep is radical transformation. And tonight I want to think about community. So are you ready to think about community from that passage uh, in Acts? Are we up for it? Okay. Now, there's all sorts of stuff we could take from these verses, but what I want to do is uh, really focus on this idea of the fellowship of the believers of the early church, and think about this word you know, they devoted themselves to uh, fellowship in verse 42. Now, fellowship, uh, uh, the Greek word is koinonia, it means they shared in or they belonged together in. And what was amazing about the first Christians is that they really, really did do life together and they devoted themselves to one another. And I'm suggesting tonight their community community of the church, uh, actually uh, characteristics of an authentic community, uh, I want to identify four things. Four things which actually a, an authentic community has. Now the first thing I'm suggesting from the, uh, this passage in Acts is that people in an authentic community uh, can love and be loved. People in an authentic community can love uh, and be loved. And uh, actually, there's all sorts of detail in this passage, but what they really, uh, if you take a bird's eye view of what's going on here, is that the people in the church really loved one another. They really shared and did life together. Their community was characterized by companionship sharing, being intimately connected. And actually, they had... Very, very enthusiastic uh, love for one another, and I want to just say, in a in a church where uh, actually we have this fellowship, these sorts of things will happen. So uh, these sorts of things characterise a church like that. You'll be warmly welcomed when you turn up. I don't know when you pitched up at St Saviour's, whether this is your first time tonight, or actually whether you've been here 35 years. But you know, in a, in a In a a strong church that has good community, you'll you'll get a warm welcome. Uh, Also, you'll feel uh, in the life of the church that you're loved and you're really, really valued. I don't know about you, but I wanna feel loved and valued. You'll feel honored and cherished. You'll feel that uh, people really enjoy um, having you uh, around. And actually, if you're not here, You'll, you'll be missed. You know, There's that sense of uh, actually we're connected, we're together. And uh, you know, there's this fellowship that is uh, real. Now, I remember when I first went to a church, uh, I'd just um, come to faith and I, I walked in and there was, a, there was a sort of welcome team, a host team uh, like we have here. And I got talking to a woman on the host team and she said, oh, why are you limping? And I said, oh, look, she's, she's noticed I'm limping. I was trying to hide it. I'd bought these black shoes for work. Have you ever had this experience? And they rub. You know, you get the new shoes, and you've got to sort of break them in. And it's a slightly miserable experience. Um, but basically, um, I had these blisters on my, my feet, and um, she said, oh, that's a shame. And then uh, at the end of the service, I walked out, and uh, she gave me some plasters. And I remember just thinking, Gosh, that is amazing. Uh, I I find the church, you know, at that point slightly strange, and I don't know these people. But wow, I can't believe that, A, someone would listen to me, and, B, that they'd knit round to the the shop next door to the church and get some pastors. It really, really um, spoke to me. So um, basically... um, The the early Christians, the first Christians, they actually really loved one another and they really cared for one another. And they really uh, loved and cared for one another uh, because they actually were sharing uh, their lives with God. And they'd discovered another New Testament understanding of the word fellowship koinonia is this relationship with God that they'd discovered that God loved them and was for them and valued them. And therefore in turn, they reflected that love uh, to each other. So that's um, the first thing about um, an authentic um, community I want to uh, suggest. And so I want to encourage us to really, um, and you do this so well, you're so brilliant in all this, but we really welcome people, we love people. And we do have an amazing host team, but actually we're all on the host team. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all our sort of role to welcome people in and just value people and look out for people. And, um, you know, that is the first thing I want to think about, the first characteristic of uh, an authentic community. Did you like that first one? Okay, the second characteristic I want to suggest tonight of an authentic community is that you can know people and you can be known. You can know people and you yourself can be known. So uh, Luke says that they weren't just devoted to the fellowship, but they were all together and had everything in common in verse 44. And so they really just shared their stuff They looked out for one another, and again, the big picture uh, perspective on this is that means that they knew each other really, really well. They knew uh, the personal situations of one another. They knew each other's stresses, anxieties, needs, and actually, as they became aware of those things, they, uh, they actually then... Uh, cared uh, for one another, and and this word koinonia, it also is used elsewhere in the New Testament to mean they shared life, they shared each other's joys and sorrows, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 and Hebrews 10, so there's this sense that actually they knew one another, and uh, they knew what was going on in each other's lives, and and that gave them, as we shall see, opportunities to uh, support one another and care for one another. So I want to suggest then in a, in, a, in a church that has a great community, and I know uh, St. Saviour's is, is like this, you know, you can feel you're known and you're valued. You can feel uh, actually a sense of belonging and that you've got a place. And uh, actually you can uh, actually get to know other people, but also uh, become known yourself. And uh, this is in a deep way, not necessarily just a sort of surface way. And one of the um, realities of modern life is that um, our interactions with one another can be quite sort of skin deep or surface. And that, that sort of leaks into the church, doesn't it? And people can sort of say, well, how, how are you? And you say, fine, thanks. Have you ever done that one? Or, oh, fine, you played the, the fine thanks card when, when actually things aren't great. And uh, we struggle, don't we, to... Um, uh, be really open and honest. And have you read any books by Dallas Willard? Oh, well, he's this guy. He writes a lot about discipleship. He says this. Uh, Most discipleship today uh, actually is about keeping up appearances, to try and look like we're sort of, you know, all together and things are fine. But actually, I want to suggest in an authentic community, we can actually really open our lives and be known by other people. And uh, I don't know whether you're good at that. Are you good at being open and vulnerable and letting people near to you? And are you good at sort of communicating what's going on? I don't think I'm very good at it, to be honest. Bex calls me the snail. She said to me, one day, you're such a snail, Mike. I said, why am I a snail? She said, because I never, I never you know, I have to, you're like a snail, you're in your little shell. And, uh, you know, those two things on the snail's head. She said, I have to pull them up and sort of see what's going on. And and then you go back into into your shell." But it's important, isn't it, that actually we can be uh, known and we can know uh, other people. And, you know, the people in the uh, early church actually could do that because in their sharing with God, in their koinonia with God, not just with one another. They'd discovered that God was trustworthy. They'd discovered that Jesus had said certain things that came true. They actually had related quite deeply with them, uh, with him in their own lives. And they'd, they'd seen actually that he was trustworthy and that trust brought an openness um, to him. So this... Uh, begs the question, I guess, well, how can you uh, know and be known? Well, you know, Sundays are fantastic for community and for gathering together and to, um, you know, worship God and um, be with one another. But actually, if you're going to really know other people well or be known yourself, then, you know, we have to, I think, meet in smaller groups outside of Sunday. And, uh, you know, we've got live groups, which are 12, 15 people. It's a great place, great forum just to uh, meet other people, go a little bit deeper, let people know you. And I know lots of people actually even uh, meet in triplets, you know, three people or five people. That wouldn't be a triplet five, obviously. But um, basically, 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 you know, smaller groups, you need to, I'm urging you, I'm encouraging myself to find spaces where you can actually really be known, for who you are and that means you've got to find a safe place, an appropriate place where actually um, you can um, ask, uh, you, you can reveal who you are and ask for help. You know, one of the moving things about God uh, when you read the Gospels, Jesus, is that he asks people for help and he's quite vulnerable with people and uh, at times in his life he weeps with people, at other times he asks people just to pray for him and just stay with him. And uh, you know, I think uh, it's important that if we're to grow deep into the things of God, find life and life to the full, that actually people can see things about us. First, they can see our scars, because we've all we're all broken people, aren't we? We've all got our issues. We've all got our stories. We've all been through the mill uh, at least once or twice. And uh, also that people can see our warts, you know, uh, those things in our life that maybe we're a bit ashamed of or we try and hide a little bit. It's good if people, we can invite people into these things with a view to, um, you know, bringing healing and uh, for us to be loved and accepted. And, um, you know, you kind of see this in Jesus' life. You know, he had 72 people. He spent time with a big crowd. He had the 12, but then he had the three. Uh, Peter, James, and John. He seemed to sort of do his life and organize his life in different groupings in order to get different sort of things and be able to give different things. So, um, you know, I'm challenging myself as much as anyone else in this regard. So what was the first thing? Can you remember what the first sign of an authentic community was? It was to uh, actually have a place where you can love and be loved. Secondly, I've just said where we can know and be known. And thirdly, I want to say where we can help others and be helped. And uh, basically, um, actually, because they had that relational depth, the first Christians, because they had that relationship with God and each other, they actually could really know what was going on and they really helped one another in very practical and sacrificial ways. Ways, you know, it's clear uh, they sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he or she had need. In verse 45, and again, if you want to read more into this, look at Acts 4:34. You know, they really did um, seek to share uh, their possessions, share their resources, and, and help journey together. And uh, they didn't just do it within themselves, they did it between churches as well. Uh, So uh, the Christians in Antioch heard that the Jewish Christians were struggling in Acts 11 and they all organized a collection. And so, um, you know, it's quite shocking how much they they shared and did life together. And, uh, you know, they didn't sell their houses in which they lived because they actually went on meeting in their houses in verse 46. But they sold extra property they possessed, uh, which would have been a highly significant thing, uh, you know, way beyond just economic uh, an economic asset. But part of their ancestral heritage, they just they sold like fields and stuff like that to try and support one another and uh, uh, journey together. And I think this is a radical view of life and community, isn't it? That they uh, display. And um, so I want to um, encourage you to think about helping other people, you know, and I know so many stories of you doing this already, so please hear this uh, in the right way, but and also to receive help from other people. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, when I got here uh, two or three years ago, an old lady phoned me up and she said, are you Mike Norris? I said, yes. And she said, you know, uh, I've got this car and I've, I've heard that you've just come back from New Zealand, and uh, I was thinking about selling it, and then I thought, maybe you'd like it. And uh, she said, can you afford a car? I said, I can't really afford a car. She said, uh, okay, uh, it's yours. Come around tonight, I'll give it to you. And so I drive around in a, in a car that this, this uh, lady gave to me. It was absolutely amazing. Every time I get into it, I just think of her and her generosity and thought, that's, that's amazing. And so. Uh, you know, do think about where you can be blessing other people with the resources you've had. A friend of mine, uh, a, a mum, she's got two sons. She went to the cinema yesterday and uh, she, her boys wanted to see a vet movie. Do you know the vet movie? I'm not aware of the latest children's film, which is about a vet. Is anyone else? I'm not. Anyway, so she's standing in the Odeon in Guildford and she says, I have one uh, adult, two children, please. And the woman said, that would be 28 pounds. And she said, oh, my, God. I thought it was going to che- be cheaper. I thought there was a deal on. Oh, that's not on today. Said, oh, that's not good. So she said to her children, look, I, I can't afford 28 pounds. Um, maybe we'll go next week. Her children said, fine, let's go next week. And then uh, they're talking, and this guy walked over and gave them three cinema tickets. And uh, one adult, two children. And she said, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> What happened, he he said, I hope you don't think I'm being rude. I overheard your conversation. I just wanted you to know that, uh, I just wanted you to see the movie. And she she said, well, why why have you done that? He said, I'm actually quite rich. And (laughs) I'm actually quite rich. (laughs) That's exactly what he said. But I've got five daughters. They love going to the cinema. And I just thought, well, to be honest, to be honest, for me, 28 pounds, I can easily afford that. I have a great time. You know, it's quite an amazing thing that you can just do. Someone, I was in a supermarket once, someone, the person in front of me paid for my shopping. I don't even know who it was. It's odd, isn't it? But you should try doing this sort of stuff. Or the other thing, random acts of kindness. Just start, um, just start. you know, when you're in the coffee queue, just buy the one. Just say to the people, I'll buy the one for the next person. Just walk out. It's just funny, isn't it? It's just, and then it, see what happens. But... Um, so, can we think about helping one another? And uh, I know you guys support one another in amazing ways. But also, what about being helped yourself? That's what happens in, uh, in an authentic community. I think it's often easier helping other people than being helped. Do you find that? And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, th- I think about it. When did I last say, I'm struggling, could you help? Or I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, could we go for a beer? Or, um, actually, I've had a really terrible week. I'd love you just to um, come and have lunch with me. I mean, I never say those sorts of things. Just, I think maybe that's just being, uh, being a man or something, or maybe I'm just completely weird. But I think I've spoken to lots of people, men and women, and it can be really hard just asking for help, can't it? But actually, in an authentic way, community where people love one another, where, where people have this sort of relationship with each other. This this is just normal and, um, you know, so I just want to think uh, about this. Now, fourthly and finally, in an authentic community, uh, you can actually celebrate and you can be celebrated. And um, you know, these final verses, 46 to 47, they speak of celebration and fun. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they were having a laugh together, they were socializing, they were in each other's homes, uh, having meals, laughing, talking, enjoying life, enjoying each other, and uh, enjoying God. And, um, you know, uh, I think this is um, an important thing just to remember as we go through life to actually celebrate and uh, also celebrate other people. And, um, you know, um, sometimes people think, oh, that can be a bit superficial or, you know, uh, all the rest of it. What's fascinating about Jesus is he didn't just uh, love people and help people, and be vulnerable with people. He also really had a good laugh with people. And uh, people flocked to spend time with him. And when he wanted to um, describe what he was about and what his kingdom was about, what did he liken it to? A party, or a banquet, often pictures in the New Testament. And uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? The first miracle, you'd never pick this. I don't think I would never pick this. What was the first miracle? That, that, that Jesus would do. Turning water into wine uh, in a wedding. We've run out. Okay, leave it with me. <laughs> Here it is, the best wine. It says something about God and life with God and uh, what we're called to. And so I want to encourage you, I'm encouraging myself to have more fun and to celebrate. I'm at a stage of life where I have to Organise fun and plan fun. Um, you know, it's terrible, isn't it? I mean, if I'm honest, I do have lots of fun with my children, don't get me wrong, and with Bex. I was playing swing ball this afternoon, and football, it was good fun. But you know, when I was at school or a student, you know, it was all just, it was just, but now I have to sort of put it in the diary. Let's have fun. Yes, what night shall we have fun? Um, and put stuff in. But you know, I encourage you to be thinking uh, about just having a laugh, socializing, enjoying one another's company. And I know lots of you do that anyway, but you know, life can get a bit serious and intense, can't it? Have you noticed that? And actually in the church, we can really get serious and, and, and intense. Have you noticed that? I, I don't mean this, I hesitate to tell this story because it, be, it might sound a bit negative, but uh, I said to a friend of mine about 10, 15 years ago, why don't you come to church? He said, why on earth would I want to go to church? And I said, well, you'll, you'll have a good time. He said, I'm not gonna go to church. Everyone's so miserable in church. You know, it's, it's just, why would I wanna go there? But you see, the thing is, the unbelievers around the first church, the first believers thought, wow, I want some of that. In the same way that they thought, you know, I, I, want, I wanna be with Jesus. They didn't wanna be with the Pharisees, but actually they wanted to be with Jesus and they wanted to be part of this community. Why? Because they were having fun. And God was on the move in that place. They were enjoying life, barbecuing, having parties, just enjoying life. And the Lord added to their number. So what lay at the heart of this is one word. All these things. Their ability to uh, love, to know and be known, to help, to celebrate. It was one word. It was that. Their secret in all of this, or what released all of this, is that they saw each other as family. That was the deal in the early church. They knew, you see, they knew Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus, and uh, they knew that he'd said, look, when you come to faith, it's like you're born again. You have this whole spiritual birth. And when when you uh, actually come to faith, you actually join a new family, and it's a heavenly family and you have a new father, and this is an extraordinary family that you join. And um, actually, uh, Jesus says these really remarkable things. Like you remember he's with his disciples and a few other people. His, His real mothers and brothers turn up, and he says, who are my mothers and brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And actually we joined this global family, uh, which is one of the most exciting things about being a Christian. And so really at the heart of this community was the word family. And they saw each other as family. And the thing is, is that the church, St. Saviours, if you like, uh, is a family. It's not a business. You know, I'm not a CEO. Uh, You're not shareholders. We're not an institution. We're not a pressure group. We're not a gym. We're not a country club. We're not a charity. We're actually a family, according to God—not blood family, but spiritual family. And uh, when we look around the room, I'm your brother. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> but look, just look at one another—your brothers and sisters, spiritual. Not blood, your brothers and sisters. And the the early church kind of, the early church took that on. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, "There's a problem? Don't worry, I'll be there. Your family." Have you ever heard that? It's all right. It drop everything. It's family. That's what the early church did. Hey, family, we're in. We're here. We're here for you. We're gonna love and care for you. Uh, you can just be honest here. You can be yourself. Tell us what's really going on because we're all broken and actually this is a safe place. By the way, we're gonna help you because we're family and uh, we're gonna celebrate together because we're family. We're gonna have a good party because we're family and we're just gonna enjoy one another's company and when we're like that in the church, uh, people just, just love that and wanna be part of it. So that's my little thoughts on community.